This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich. I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, and product design. I'm very happy to welcome to the show by phone my next guest, Satoshi Sugi, the founder and CEO of Will. Uh, Sugi, thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. I think you're calling from Japan. Is that right? Yes, I'm in Tokyo right now. And um, you go by Sugi, and is that because you don't want to be confused with the Bitcoin creator? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Or like Pokemon Hero, Satoshi. Exactly. All right, we're going with Sugi then. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to first spell the, the domain name because it's a, it's a little bit quirky. So your company name is Will. But yes. it's spelled W H I L L. So it's Will yes. with an H. W H I L L and it's dot U S. So Will W H I L L dot U S. Uh so if you're someplace safe uh at a web browser, take a look because the product is very visual and so useful to to look at. All right, Sugi, tell us what Will does. Give us the elevator pitch for Will. Yes, so uh, very simply say we have uh, two business pillars. So uh, personal mobility, personal vehicle for everyday use. This is for VTC. And the second business pillar is the uh, mobility as a service. This is for temporary use, B2B. So for VTC, uh, we have a product which is called Model CI. It looks like, it looks like nothing like you know traditional scooter or wheelchair. It's a personal electric vehicle, also you know, known as a PEV. The feature, the feature of this Model CI is the uh, front wheel. It's patented only wheels, so which helps, like you know, it, it is great for both indoor and out because it's you know gets really great glam covering ability for outside use and also you know it's make it very titanium for inside use. So if you go to the website, you will look, you will look like you know, a little bit weird looking front front wheel. So that's you know, you check, you can check. And uh, also there is a you know application, so you can you know key log through your smartphone, and you can check you know distance, you know battery life precisely, mm-hmm. and also you can change like you know. Uh, speed setting and accelerator, accelerator for customer needs. And that's the you know the features. And most importantly, the goal of Model CI is to make the users shiny, giving them the you know, confidence to go wherever they desire in style. That's the you know, first business pillar: personal electricity for everyday use. And the second. Okay, but Sugi, before we move on to the second, let me just underscore the first. So. Sure. Um, personal electric vehicles is, a, of course, a vast category, and we have in recent years 
particularly in the U.S., seen an explosion of uh, of stand-on scooters for everyday mm-hmm. use by ordinary consumers. You actually are operating in the category of mobility scooters, which are not quite a wheelchair, but are intended for people with limited disability. Did I understand that correctly? Um, yes, this is the device for, uh, we say like everyone, including a senior and the people who have difficulty walking. Right, but I wouldn't, as a, as someone who is fairly athletic and doesn't have any disabilities, I wouldn't use it. My elderly yeah. parents might use it, correct? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Just I just wanted to make sure everyone understood. This is essentially a reinvention of the mobility scooter that you see tooting around in your Walmart. You know, an elderly person might be using uh, to get get around Walmart. Okay. So let's now go on to the. That's the B to C. You said also there's a B to B direction. Yes. Yes. B to B. We 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 say like the world autonomous. We we mass. Mobility as a service. So uh, the past January at the CES, we actually unveiling the world autonomous driving system. So the self driving, you know, easy use, you know, sensors and cameras to travel along a mapped path. And it also features auto stop functionality, detecting an object or people within the set radius of the vehicle, and preventing the users from getting in collision. So with the development of the real autonomous driving system, so we built like you know mobility as a service model. That's a B two B. When I say, so for example, this service will help like bridge the distance between a train platform and the final destination. So we envision summoning the real autonomous EV with the click of an app, the typing in a destination and getting onto the road. Then. Seamlessly being you know, transported from point A to B. Okay, so let me just underscore, make sure I got that. So uh, the B2B solution is intended for use in an environment in which some company controls the space in some way. So maybe airport, mall, train station, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so they would operate a system for use by its patrons. and But its patrons, the end user, would operate like a mobility scooter, like the Uber of mobility scooters. I would say I need, to, I would like to be transported from A to B and an autonomous, a personal autonomous vehicle would transport me, say, within an airport from gate F32 to gate A2 using one yeah. of these devices. Did I get that right? Yes. You're right. Okay. And, and, and then help me to understand where you guys are. So I believe that as of now, I can buy the CI, I can buy the mobility scooter from you. Are you yet in operation on the B2B uh, uh, transportation as service piece? Yes. So we are, you know, uh, we are in development, in processing. So we are launching by 2020 for a B2B service in the airport first. In an airport first, yeah. Yes, in the airport first. And then now we are doing first pilot testing with the uh, – we plan to do first part testing in the uh, Spo, like uh, Spo, Netherlands, uh, Tokyo, Haneda, and uh, LaGuardia, New York. Wow. And will this be targeted? So just make sure I understand how you were getting started there. So this would essentially initially replace 
the guy driving the the people the little cart that might take me from gate to gate is that is that right is that the initial application so you're saying initial application means that we'll in terms of mass mobility as a service for will i guess i'm saying in laguardia uh, i'm assuming uh, that you haven't gotten them to roll out personal transportation as a service for everyone in the airport it's more for special needs uh, travelers who are currently being served either by someone pushing a wheelchair or someone driving them in a golf cart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did I I get that right? Yes, you're right. Okay. All right. Good. Um, So I want to ask you a question about that strategic decision. So, but before I do that, maybe I ought to go back and ask about your background and how, where this idea Mm -hmm. came from. So where did right. Will come from? Yes. Yeah, so um, my background is the, I was working for the Nissan Motors in Technical Center in Tokyo, actually, um, uh, and doing I was doing like industrial design and then creating like car. And so vehicle, vehicle style and design. Vehicle style. Yeah. Yes. Vehicle background. And then we actually started, you know, back in 2012. And it all began with a wheelchair user boy. He said, I gave up going to grocery store even just two blocks away. The, you know, there are two reasons. The first reason is he is kind of dislike, you know, existing, like, you know, a bit of device time. And the second thing is that, you know, you know if there's a slope or bump on the load, it sometimes gets stuck on the load, so that's, you know, um, in functionality-wise, it's still like he kind of, you know, he see like more, improve, you know, improvement things. So there do two things that are kind of, you know, um, you know, uh, the point why he said, I'd get up going to the grocery store. And Sugi, then, this, was, this was a friend of yours, and was this outside of work, or was this something that came to Nissan's attention? Actually, it's friend's friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at that time, actually, we, we, you know, we, uh, you know, we have like a small engineering team called Sunnyside Garage. So we all late twenties get together only the weekend and create something new product. So we happen to be one of these projects. That's you know the the the, the you know. First step where we kind of start as a project base. Just for fun, just a bunch of hackers getting together just on the weekend. Fun. Yeah. Exactly, just for fun. Then we created, like, you know, the, the first prototype that we exhibited at Tokyo Motor Show in 2011 as an, you know, personal mobility device. Then we got an overwhelming repository reaction from all over the world. And, oh, I realized, you know, it's not only him, but also a lot of people desire innovation in this space. Then we started up in 2012. And and then it was that the point at which you quit your job and said, I'm going to work on this full time? No, actually, I, was, I quit, you know, in 2009 already. Oh, then, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, after that, actually, I was in China to teach in the Japanese. So I was a Japanese teacher in China before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you no, know, I'd like to get the Chinese, because the Chinese, you know, the big market, you know, a lot of people. So that if I can speak Chinese, it is really good for the future. 
that I was ten years ago. So, um, but you know, after that, I also traveling all over the world for two years. Yeah, then back to Tokyo. Yeah. Okay, so you had this uh, idea. You worked as with your hacker friends on it. Then you realized it's a big opportunity. Um, but you're still in Japan at this point, and I wonder if you could talk through the. I'm a little confused, honestly, about is this a U.S. company? Is this a Japanese company? And how you managed the cross-border nature of this business? Yeah, yeah. So actually, so we moved to the U.S. California in 2013. And what motivated so, that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I actually started to fundraising in 2012 in Japan. But you know, I realized the market size for the mobility device segment is not big enough in Japan. Yeah. So that when I talked to the investors, I came up with the idea, okay, we see the global market, which has $5 billion. And then the biggest market is actually North America. Yeah. And I said that, okay, let's move to the U.S. Wow. That's a simple decision. So it wasn't it wasn't about the tech ecosystem nor about the financing ecosystem. It was really more about the market. Yes. It's getting warmer in Japan, but, uh, you know, um, the market side in Japan are actually 200, 300 million for the mobility mm-hmm. space. That is not big enough to lay the money. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Okay, so you come to the U.S., and and then this is – that was all background on the question I really wanted to ask you, which is the mobility scooter space seems quite promising. I've, I've actually worked in this space, and they are terrible products. I can totally see why people hate, hate them. They really are okay. terrible products. And it seems like somebody who does just a better job on mobility scooters with more modern controls and industrial design – uh, could do a pretty good job in that space. But you at some point decide to go after this autonomous transportation as service. And I wonder if you can talk about that decision to split your focus on two very different businesses. Right. Uh, actually, so the, uh, for the mass business, we were thinking, not thinking from 2015, and then doing like, you know, I'm research on that. That reason because as you, as we know, like you know, sharing economy coming up, you know, rental space is also coming up. So, you know, the world is it's not like people. It's not just purchasing all the product. People sharing, people renting, leasing. So that you know, kind of temporary use case is is getting increasing. That we are thinking. Then. We see a lot of ride sharing, such as like you know, Ubers, Limes, mobile, you know, bike, you know, bicycle types for right. the you know the 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 the, the, the pedestrian uh, travel. But you know, we haven't seen the device that anyone can ride safely, including like seniors and people who have difficulty walking. Yeah. So that's we would like to fill that gap and providing inclusive, soli- inclusive like, you know, solution for everybody. That's uh, you know, where we cannot. 
and then starts L and D in 2015, and then launching in 2019 after the Okay, but I, I want to just push you on this a little bit because it's hard enough for a startup to do one thing right, but to do two things right is nearly impossible. So you're on the one hand right. building right, this right. direct-to-consumer business and while at the same time trying to build this this uh, transportation as service. Did right. you... Did you are they synergistic? Does one build on the other, or are they re- do you really have to think of them as quite different? Yes, yeah, so uh, that that is a great question. That's definitely impossible doing two things. Right. We did like with really limited resources. So we I, I say like an LMB, but it, it's actually just one person focusing on making like you know autonomous driving on all stop systems. I see. Then. In 2018-17 timeline, we see the opportunity, and then kind of success, you know, um, selling personal electric vehicle, providing an electric vehicle globally, then starting highly LMD, you know, accelerate LMD from 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of timeline. All right. I wonder if we can talk for a minute about uh, fundraising. You have a... If I can believe Crunchbase, you have extremely impressive fundraising record. It looks like you've raised about $90 million, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you went about the fundraising and about some of the key lessons from fundraising? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, we actually talked on like 80 to $90 million. The last round was the, uh, 2018 September. 45 million. I think the, um, the key that why we can, you know, we could like raise the money is uh, three things. Uh, the first is the uh, timing. Second is market opportunity, and the last one is the uh, team. You know, the first one, timing. It's actually, timing is really good because, you know, in 2013, Maker's movement by Chris Anderson coming up. Right? And after that, what's happening is that, you know, IoT movement coming up in 2013 right. and 15. And then robotics, AI, in 2016 to 17. Then now is the mass movement, mobility as a size movement. So that I think, you know, timing is really right. And the second note, um, like market opportunity. So everybody knows all of the developed countries are facing aging society, right? You know, especially like, you know, um, so aging society, that means like, you know, the needs of mobility assistance, societal travel, like last one mile mobility device or service is definitely gluing. Globally, so that's market opportunity. There's definitely a market opportunity. That's the second thing. The last one is team. So since we have a uh, you know very solid engineering like background, so that we can create like both hardware and the software. And also, we never give up. We have <laughs> really passion. That's the third thing. Yeah. Uh- all right. The last subject I want to uh, turn to, Sugi, is uh, is 
manufacturing and supply chain. So you're making a very yeah. complex engineered assembled good. And I'm wondering how you do that and whether maybe your expertise in China has come to, to serve you. Yeah, so um, actually, like, you know, uh, it was manufacturing in Taiwan. But, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, like, this is very complex, you know, the vehicle. We are making a vehicle. So we have, like, you know, the step-by-step. Step. So, for example, like, the first 50 units, we actually manufacturing by our friends in Tokyo. Yeah. Make sure, like, you know, design process, you know, uh, you know, um, manufacturing process. Then we understand, you know, how it works. Then bring it, bring it, bring it to like a Taiwanese manufacturer and discussing how we did for the first 50 units and making a quality product. Then we are starting work with the Taiwanese manufacturer and then, you know, doing the, you know, do like mass production. So that's, you know, kind of step by step, you know, um, in the process we did. Then making sure, like, you know, the quality and everything. Even, you know, it was expensive, as in the first 50 inch, you know, the, the production. All right. Well, uh, super interesting, Sugi. Uh, in just the last 45 seconds we have, uh, what can we look mm -hmm. for from Will in the next, uh, in the next year or so? Yeah, so definitely like now, you know, we are kind of trying to bring our mass service autonomous driving, you know, to stop uh, technology into the B2B place, such as airport, amusement park, in you know, a shopping center, a hospital, and so on. So we are now focusing on providing, you know, the mass business to the airport, but eventually, you know, expand to those different places, as I mentioned conventional center, you know, shopping center. Yeah. All right. Well, Sugi, uh, so interesting. And I wish you the best of luck. And thanks so much for joining us, especially with the time change. Definitely. Thank you very much. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. The show airs live on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.